Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to our show. My name is Deborah Rose, and I'm your host on Circle Talk. Circle Talk is one of the shows featured on CSNP, Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. CSNP has a lineup of rotating shows throughout each month. Mondays feature Lunatic Mondays with host Laura Gonzalez. She alternates weeks in English and Spanish. It can't be Tuesday without Circle Talk, and I continue to be the host for this fun show on the first and third Tuesdays of each month. Wednesdays feature Nature Spirituality with none other than Selena Fox. The third Friday of each month features Blue Marble, which is an eco-educational, eco-activism, and eco-spirituality podcast. We have such a fun and informative lineup of shows, and we here at CSNP hope that you try them all. Tonight on Circle Talk, we discover the power, magic, and secrets of Afro-Brazilian herbal witchcraft. Our guest is Diego Ansansi, and he will be discussing his new book, Sacred Leaves, A Magical Guide to Orisha Herbal Witchcraft. Diego is a chief of Kimbanda, an Orisha priest. Besides Sacred Leaves, he's also the author of Traditional Brazilian Black Magic and I believe several other books, which we'll talk to him about. For more than 20 years, he has been researching and presenting courses, lectures, and workshops on pagan and African-Brazilian religions. He joins us tonight from Brazil. Let's bring him on and find out more. Welcome, Diego, to Circle Talk. Hi, Deborah. Good night. How are you? It's a I'm pleasure. And a very moment. well. And yeah, what our listeners do. don't know, we've, we've had some connection issues with you being Brazil, so I'm very grateful that you were persistent in working with me and that we're on here tonight. I'm the one who thank you for all the patience and all the struggle for getting the show on. Uh, I wish we have a, a nice time. This, uh, in, this, in this episode, it's an honor to me to be in Circle Talk and, and on Circle Sanctuary Radio. It's my pleasure being with you. Thank you, thank you a lot. So I'm interested because um, in doing a little research, I, I read your book, um, but you have uh, many more books. You've been an author for a while. Have, have you always written what made you decide to be an author? No, actually, I started to write in 2008, uh, 2015. When my uh, initiator in Kimbanda, Mother Yeda, uh, completed 50, 50 years of her initiation, so I decided to put, it, uh, put, it, put her history on paper, and it changed my life, actually. I came from a 20 years career in IT and software development, and nothing to do with writing and nothing to do with uh, occultism or religion. 
I was a practitioner that uh, in that days, mm -hmm. but I never never thought about writing on it. And actually, this first book, which was released last year in English, the traditional Brazilian black magic, uh, tells the story of this black magic tradition that was founded in Brazil in 1950, something like that, in mid 50s, and it got abroad. So it's uh, one of the biggest Afro-based religions in Uruguay and Argentina also. We have uh, about, I guess, more than 100, 200,000 uh, practitioners in Argentina and Uruguay. Um, well, and that changed my life because I, I wrote the book with no intention of becoming a writer and anything like that. I just wanted to put her story down. And the book goes, went well in Brazil, nothing surprisingly well, but well, it did, did the work. And at the time I was starting my Orisha temple in Brazil. And a lot of people questioning me through social media about which uh, herbal bath to, to do for cleansing or for prosperity or for love or yeah. any, any goals. And to be honest, I was getting tired of repeating the same thing every time for every person <laughs> that chased me. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, it was a lot of emails, a lot of uh, instant messaging and a lot of uh, people connecting with me, with, which is amazing. But they basically had the same question. Oh, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling some uh, uh, low energy, uh, yeah. and, and etc. Uh, what can I do in my home? I live uh, far away from you. Or what can I do in my day-to-day -day life? And it was basically the same, the same answer. Well, you can do some uh, smoking in your house or in your shop to to increase uh, clients and customers, or you can do a herbal bath for uh, energy cleansing and some that etc and there was a time that I said well uh, I've done this before I've already wrote a book actually I wrote a paper I wrote uh -huh. a history it was nothing uh, commercial it was nothing professional yet and but well I had done this before so uh, if I'm if I have to answer the same thing day to day what about writing something down about the use of sacred leaves in Orisha's tradition and that was the origin of the first book in, uh, in the U.S. Llewellyn made an amazing job turning the uh, three book the three book series in one huge book. So, in, but in Brazil, it took me three years to release the whole content you now have in Sacred Leaves book by, by Llewellyn. Uh, the first volume, which is the the African part of the book, yes, right. the magic part of the book was released in 2017. Yeah, it was the, the date, the year I released the first book, uh, teaching how to identify herbal uh, magic properties, how to combine the, the plants and all the African and African-Brazilian way to deal with herbal magic. And that was surprisingly well. Uh, at the time, I was an uh, independent writer, an independent author. Mm -hmm. uh, so I uh, ran a, a first print of the book by myself, and it sold incredibly well. We sold about 1,000 copies in, in the first year, in the first half year, actually. And that was the spark for the company I run now in Brazil, which is a uh, publishing book company devoted to mind, body, and soul cycles. So all that uh, black matter. Uh, writing down the history of Brazilian black magic and teaching people to 
use day-to-day herbal magic was the spark for me to lead in a 20-year career in IT, becoming a writer and becoming a publisher in chief of, uh, of a new company that uh, was founded in 19, 2017, 2018. It was the, day, the year we released the company. We started the company in Brazil. And well, for the last four years, that's what took all my life, taking the uh, spiritual practice that I have in my temple, that I have in my religious path, for all people inside and outside temples. And since last year, was the release for, uh, of Brazilian traditional, uh, traditional Brazilian black magic in the US, taking this abroad. So uh, it's amazing. <laughs> It is. Thank you. And and like I said, I have a copy of your book and I read it. And um, and I, I'm so excited to talk to you because I have some questions. But something I will tell our listeners, even though, as you say, this is Afro-Brazilian witch, herbal witchcraft, and there are many um, African references and African plants and herbs, you have almost just as many um, plants that are accessible for us here in America. I mean, yeah. mugwort, ivy, lavender, rosemary. So exactly. this is a book that can be used by everybody. Exactly. And this, is what, uh, this was one of the biggest challenges that we had during the, the English translation of Sacred Leaves. Yeah. And it was the, the key that uh, makes us sign the, the contract with, with Llewellyn. Yeah, Llewellyn's editor called me and said, well, Diego, we're very interested in publishing the book in, uh, in the U.S., but we will need you to help translating from the scientific names for the, the I don't know if the scientific names are the, the, the right expression in English, but the, right. the Latin name, which is the universal bio, right. biology name, biological name, you have to help us to find a common name for English readers and for uh, Americans to find those those leads. And I must thank all Llewellyn's team and the translator in Brazil that helped me with that. We did a great job together. So we can find, uh, readers can find 365 different species in the book. And I guess at least 70 or 80% of them can be easily found in all over the world. Right. And again, I was very, very pleased with um... With, with that, so so get us started because again, I, I really found your book interesting, and it was a new concept for me. Um, tell me um, how you start using leaves with magic. Tell us because you go into like size, color, shape, all that is very different than what I'm used to. So introduce it to us. Well, actually. I was initiated in Sandomble, which is the Orisha tradition we have in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 14 to 15 years ago, and the first lesson that we that I had and that we passed for every initiator, uh, sorry, every uh, novice that wants to be initiated, is that there are, there is no Orisha without leaves. Uh, Orisha code is a, a I must be honest here, uh, every Orisha code is based on uh, animal sacrifices and blood magic, but you can have all kinds of animal sacrifices that you, you want. If you don't have the right leaves to enchant those, those Orishas, to, uh, to make magic happen, blood won't matter. 
So the first lesson, and, and it's a, a common phrase we use in Canomblet, is without leave, there is no Orisha. So without leave, there is no God. And that's what took me from my first year in, uh, in spiritual practice. So every act, every ritual, every step on my initiation, every lesson that I learned after initiation and until becoming a priest, leaves were all over there. But I was very curious, I, I, since my childhood, I was very curious about understanding why am I doing and how things are working. Why am I doing something and how things are working exactly? So, of course, when you're on a, a religious path, when you're, you're on a temple or a spiritual practice with a mentor or a priest, you basically repeat what you're told. So, okay, right. Diego, there is no ritual without leave. You need to take this bath or need to do this ritual. You need to go to the woods and grab these or that leaf. Okay, I know what I, ha what I have to do, but how does this work? And uh, what if I don't find lavender where I live? How, what, what will I do? I want to do? I want the magic, for example. How can I exchange one leaf for another? What makes this leaf be, magic, uh, be magical to increase prosperity and then other leaves don't work for that purpose, but be magical uh, to spiritual cleansing, for example. So I went deep down the studies with my elders in religion and with some uh, well-known uh, writers and uh, scholars on African traditions and African Brazilian traditions to understand what, how those leaves were identified, how, those, how that magic if there was a way we could understand that magic right. and maybe create a uh, Orisha's Herbal Witchcraft 101, you know? And that's the idea of Sacred Leaves book. The idea is that we get all that secrets and magic recites and magic knowledge that we have from since African until uh, since uh, the the 15th century in Africa when uh, slavery trade started and enslaved black people came to all Americas and how they kept their, their magic and their traditions uh, all over those, those centuries. And it worked very well. <laughs> so uh, how can we take all this knowledge and all these secrets and all these uh, lessons they, they left us and how can I take this outside the walls of the temples, outside the followers of the religions, the practitioners of magic, how can, I, how can a person in the other side of the road who doesn't even know what Orisha, who Orishas are, right. how could he grab a, a leaf and at least try and start to get a, a, glimpse, a glance of that powerful magic Orishas have. And that was the... the the model to start the, the, the first book. So, uh, in, in Brazil, it's called The Power of Leaves. So we have the trilogy, The Power of Leaves, The Magic right. of Leaves, and The Secret of Leaves, which creates the Sacred Leaves trilogy. And now we have in English, The Secret Leaves book, The Magical Guide. And the first third of the book is basically this research, research in, with scholars, with, uh, with uh, university research, and uh, some some biographic material, but mostly with my elders in uh, spirituality and in religion, 
that took me by a hand and said, well, these are the magical parameters that will differentiate one leap from another. That's the way you, and that's an expression we use in, in Portuguese. I believe they kept the same expression in English. That's the way we marry one leaf to another. Mm -hmm. So one leaf alone will basically won't make magic, but you need to marry them and balance them at least with one another or with three leaves to really have a magic recite. That's the way it's done in Africa. That's the way it's done inside temples in Brazil. That's the magical secret that makes magic happen. So how do we take this for the greater public? That's the, the at least what I try to do with sacred leaves. Absolutely. And again, some of this was such a new concept for me, but it's funny because, again, I went on a walk and I saw myself looking at trees and looking at leaves, looking at that, for example, and, and talk a little bit about characteristics. For example, um, I haven't really thought much about the shape of a leaf, but that uh -huh. actually means a lot in your tradition. Yeah, because we basically, and we're not talking about genders here, we're talking about uh, energy flowing and energy right. balance. Right. Uh, but we basically believe that there are two uh, sides, two energy sides for everything in, in the universe. We have right. what we used to call male and female energies. Right. Not talking about uh, gender identity. Right, or polarity, like that. right. Yeah, polarity, thank you. I was looking for the right word. <laughs> thank you a lot, Deborah. Uh, we, we understand that for the world to be in balance and for our lives to be in balance, we need to also balance these this two polarities, male and female, positive, uh, active and passive, cold and uh, hot and cold, and so on. And... If we look for every magical tradition in the world, basically we have the male polarity, the, the phallus, uh, and, the, and the female polarity, the, the, what's the English name for that, sorry, the womb. So the sacred phallus and the sacred womb creating universal balance. Right. And that's the thing that if we look for every one of the magical classification, uh, magical aspects of classification, that's the whole point of, uh, of the thing. You need to balance male and female leaves. You need to balance hot and cold, active and, and passive leaves. So you get a balanced recite to achieve your magical goal. That's the, the, the basic point. And if we think about uh, magical symbolism, the magical phallus and the magical womb, that's one of the uh, uh, the, the, the most uh, viewable aspect in, in leaves. As I said, you, were, you, you never thought of it, but when you're walking by and you see a eucalyptus leaf, which is a very long, uh, thin, uh, thin uh, sharp, uh, sharp leaf, mm -hmm. it looks like a knife. It looks like a phallus, basically. Right. And if you look for a... Uh, Strawberry leaf, which is a soft, uh, has a soft touch, is uh, round-shaped. Uh, it's uh, uh, and a, a sweet, uh, sweet scent. When you, you know, when you smell it, we have a warm or a can I can I say vagina here? Never. Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> Can I say the vagina? Yeah. Okay. So you have, if you look for a strawberry leaf, you basically see a vagina shape, a, a warm shape. And if you marry strawberry leaf and eucalyptus leaf, you have basically a cleansing love herbal magic, for example. And that's the, the, the for me, for, for the whole book, that's the basis for understanding the whole book, how to identify the, the magical aspects and the energy balance between all the magical ingredients one, one, one must use in a, in a ritual. So we have basically two, uh, two thirds of the book talking about leaves, but when you get at the last part, when we're talking about creating uh, sacred uh, gypsy pots or creating your magical garden and uh, using herbs and cookery and other ways of using uh, herbal magic, when you look for all other uh, art magical artifacts that you can use, so horseshoes, uh, knives, forks, uh, well, uh, guirlands, I'm losing myself in English, sorry for that, and trying to look for the, the right translation in the book while I speak, but if you look for every every ingredient, yeah, and every ingredient, you basically have this magical marriage. And one of the things that catch me the most when I was talking about uh, Orisha's, Orisha's magic and Orisha's witchcraft, either it's a herbal witch or Orisha's herbal witchcraft or another kind of Orisha's witchcraft, is that even though we understand the two polarities in the world, we still can have and now I'm going to, to provoke uh, a, a thought, a, a, a reflection about gender. And right. now, yet, now, yes, I am, I am uh, meaning gender when I say this. Even though we understand that the world is based on this uh, male and female polarity balance, we still have some magical rites uh, and magical rituals and magical recites, even some magical initiation for Orisha that hundreds of years ago considered the plurality of gender. So we can have some initiations and we can have some magic rituals that are created by two male ingredients, two or more male right. ingredients. We can have some recites and initiations and rituals that can be made only by female, ritual, uh, in female ingredients. We can have, when we're talking about initiation, we understand that we are a God's particle. So we are initiated for one Orisha as our head master, a head father or a head mother. But yes. we always have a second, uh, a second Orisha which make, uh, takes part on our initiation rituals. And usually it will be a male head and a female partner or a female head and a male partner, but there are, there are the possibility, there is the possibility of having a male head and a male partner or a female head, headmaster, I mean, for initiation means, uh, and, a, and a female partner. So Orisha's, Orisha's tradition already considered hundreds of, hundreds of years ago, considered natural all the gender plurality we're now discussing in, in politics and in society. That right. was one of the things that catch me the most when I understand that the, the basic concept of Orisha's herbal witchcraft 
is gender plural, you know? Absolutely. Yes, we're just learning what nature's known all along. Sorry, I lost you. I said, we're just learning what nature has known all along. Yeah, 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 exactly. So let me ask you a question. Do, do whole plants have the same magical energy that the leaves do? I didn't understand exactly. Do, do you, um, is, is using a leaf different than using the stem or the roots? Yeah, in, in some cases, yeah. Mostly, no. Mostly all parts of a plant will have the same magical uh, okay. properties, but there are some uh, specifics that will change from the leaves to the, to the fruit, to the seed, to the, the branch. And that's something we tried to, to identify in the, in the plant dictionary inside Sacred Leaves book. We tried, when that's the case, we tried to point out, oh, for, uh, for this plant, you should use only the leaves or only the seeds. Right. But mostly, most of the times, the whole plant will have the same energy. Tell me and tell our listeners, what's a gypsy pot? A gypsy pot. Uh, a gypsy pot is a way of using a, just let me look for the right English word. Uh, Western is where Asia is, right? I'm Say that again. Uh, uh, the Western continent, is, no, Eastern co continent is where Asia is, right? Right, yes. Okay, so, sorry, listeners, I'm, uh, English is not my first language. So. But you're, do you're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you a lot. So, well, a, a gypsy pot is a way of uh, creating, telling a story of your magical goals using all kinds of Eastern spices and perfumes and Eastern magic, because we, we understand that gypsy people originated in, in, in South Asia and were uh, traveled all over the world by trading spices and uh, fabrics and everything like that. And they have a very strong magical tradition, uh, tradition themselves. So that's, that's the, the last part of the book when we set aside the African magic and take a look for other uh, worldwide magic traditions. Gypsy pots are basically uh, glass or ceramic pots, basically, uh -huh. that will be built layer by layer with seeds and fruits, uh, seeds and flowers, and uh, other magical artifacts that will grow your history, your magical history until the, 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 the whole goal is, is built inside that, that pot. Uh, am, I, am I making sense here? Uh, so a magical pot is a way of settling down a specific uh, magical goal that will work for a certain period until those uh, seeds and those, uh, those flowers start to dry or start to rotten. So you have to always renew that, uh, that spell. Uh, that's the right way to say. And they are a very pract uh, practical way of creating magic that can also be decorative, that can also be a beautiful object that you place in your uh, living room or in, right. or in your on your 
bathroom. And, and as you tell that story by, by layers and layers of magical ingredients inside those vases, you can create a narrative telling the, the seeds and leaves how they should work and what you want to achieve while your life achieves those layers uh, uh, symbolism, you know. It's a very uh, poetic way of using her, uh, herbal magic. And, you know, uh, answering your questions, take me back in the book for one of the greatest secrets that is there, because when we, no matter what kind of ritual we're doing, is there a bath, a, uh, a fumigation, a herbal uh, incense, or a gypsy pot, or no matter the way we are doing the ritual, when you get the plants or the leaves and just grab them in a supermarket or in the woods and put them in a, in a recipient, they are basically, they are uh, vegetable elements, you know? They don't have magic per se. Because actually, all their magical power is uh, asleep inside of them. And how can a mango leaf have five different uh, powers, five, five different uh, uh, magic powers? And how can I say or choose which of those two, three, five different powers the same leaf can have? How can I choose which one of them I want to, to, to use in my ritual? Right. And that's the, the biggest secret that I, that I try to, to teach in the book, that no matter which, which ingredient you use, especially for leaves, you need to awake their inner power. You need to awake their magical power. So you get this mango leaf that can be used for uh, passion and love rituals, but also can be used for protection and uh, spiritual cleansing rituals. They have, uh, a mango leaf has this, this very wide uh, aspect of magical power. Right. How can I say, uh, how can I know which of those powers will be used in my ritual? I literally, when, when doing, when performing the ritual, when creating those layers in the, in the gypsy pot, or when mixing the herbs on a, you know, on a herbal bath, I literally need to talk with those leaves and chant to enchant. So I need to sing to enchant. I need to say in a poetic and singing way right. for, for that leaves, for that leaf that I want Mango to perform uh, the protective aspect of, of its power, something like that. And of course, uh, when we're talking about Orisha's uh, tradition, we have a lot of uh, traditional uh, songs that are sang in, uh, in Yoruba language that took me, well, I'm 14 years, 15 years initiated. I don't know all of them uh, by heart until nowadays. So uh, most people think that, oh, so you're using Orisha's, uh, Orisha's with, uh, herbal witchcraft and I need to sing to enchant. So I need to learn by heart the Yoruba song for, for, waking, for uh, awakening the mango leaf? Right. No. 
At, uh, the same way you can identify these magical aspects of leaves, the color, the shape, the, the texture, the smell, and all that things that took me to start the research on, uh, on sacred leaves magic, there are some, uh, some, some rules, some guidance rules to create your own enchantment according the way the Yoruba songs are created. So you need to rhyme, you need to repeat the, the action verb, you need to say, to use the, the herbal, the, the, herb, the, the leaf name in your enchantment. But better than just saying by heart some, some poem that is actually most of the time you don't even know exactly what it right. means because you're taking a, book, a, a magical book or a type or something like this. More, uh, better than that is for, for, for practitioners to write their own spell, you know, and this is something very, uh, very similar with what Wicca does with the, the enchantment. More than you repeat something across time, you can create your enchantment, you can say your, your own goals. But in Orisha's Herbal Witchcraft, we have some guidance rules that really awaken the, the inner power of each leaf. And that's what, when you, that it makes a, a lot more sense when we're talking about, uh, to get back to your first, to, to your original question, when we're creating some uh, gypsy pot, we, we create this layer by layer. It seems like a building, you know? So you have the chance to, uh, while creating, while telling that story by putting seeds and leaves and ingredients all over each other in this, in this layer building, in this layer, uh, layer by layer building, you can say for each one, you can sing for each one of these, these ingredients what you want them to do, what's your magical goal, how you mm -hmm. wish they, they, uh, they work in your life or in uh, something like that. And you can actually create this whole narrative. Gypsy magic is very visual and very plastic, very poetic, you know, very, uh, how is this the word? Very artsy mm -hmm. to be done. When, when we're doing, when we're talking about uh, Brazilian black magic, for example, it's a raw energy, a very strong and active and whoa, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go, we need to work. That's right. the rhythm of, of performing black uh, Brazilian black magic rituals. In the other hand, when we're doing gypsy magic, it's all about the way your ritual looks. The, 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 the visual aspect of the, of the ritual has a magical aspect that must be performed too. So it needs to be beauty, it needs to smell good, it needs to be tasteful, it needs to be, and you can do this by when creating a magical pot by telling this whole history. Yeah, I really like that idea. So basically, uh, a gypsy pot or a power pot, you do the magic and then you place in the room to change that room's energy. Exactly. I exactly. love that. I'm real interested. Um, I'm like I said. I read your book. I loved it. Um, I've been, um, and, and I will tell the listeners, you do a really good job too. You have a um, a chapter on self care, 
and you go through physical, mental, spiritual things you should do, and I should do most of those, because I've been burning the candle at both ends, and I'm just kind of tired. And so I was, I'm going to do the energy filter uh, gypsy pot. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You, so, you, really, you really, but you should put this in your bedroom, you know. So, put, so should I put it near the bed or should I put it in the bathroom when I get ready? Uh, the energy, the energy filter pot. Yes. You could use this in your in your toilet to stop uh, losing energy, but you okay. could, you should uh, you should also put the, put one one small version of those in your bathroom to to use uh, to to use as a dream catcher, a bad dream catcher, you know, a bad oh. dream filter. Yeah, this is something you can do. Okay, and I know that you said in about a month or when the salt gets hard that you redo it can you re can you cleanse and charge and reuse the amethyst or do you have to redo that too yeah 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 all those non-organic uh you can cleanse and recharge yeah yeah exactly uh, all kinds of crystals and stones all kinds of uh iron or metal artifacts that you use in the recites can be re uh, cleansed recharged and reused as well as the pot itself you just need to to renew the, the grains and the seeds because one way or another, bees are coming, and uh, not only bees, what's the name for uh, insects are going to be. Absolutely. I need for your next book just to be a book on uh, just um, these pots, because I really like this idea. And again... I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about uh, writing a, a Roma pot uh, book, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and for our listeners, it's really good. And again, these are all things that are very readily accessible to us. And it just, um, it just really makes a, again, it makes a, a lot of sense, and it's something that you can uh, do and kind of get instant, um, um, you know, absolutely. Um, yeah. Talk to me, too, about baths, because uh, that is something that I was used to doing ritual baths before ritual, especially when I worked with the tradition that did that. But I've gotten to where I do... Uh, baths as part of my magic and and to again regenerate remove toxins tell me a little bit about bath bath uh in, in brazil at least in brazil bath is the most common way of doing herbal magic because we actually use it for every kind of situations and every kind of goal so uh i, I remember when i was starting uh in in the in the original tradition i had a friend of mine that was part of the same temple, and he used to make a, an experience, so he tried a different bath, a herbal bath every day to experience the, the, the feeling, the sensation, and the energy. Because the, the idea is that if you're feeling down or if you're feeling energy drained, you can do a bath to recharge your energy. And if you have a lot of energy and uh, you, I don't know, you, you used a lot of those uh, of that, recharging bath and right. you got a energy peak you can do a, a a new bath to balance those that energy you can use bath to spiritual cleansing you can use bath a herbal bath to increase your uh, charisma or to increase your sexuality or to uh, increase or downside your uh, communication skills if you talk a lot just like me in the show, you can use some uh, some um, some herbal bath 
to rebalance things. And that's the way we most use magic, uh, herbal magic in Brazil. But I understand when you say that you use bath to prepare for a ritual, and that's amazing. We, we have this, uh, this practice in Candomblé too. Every time we're going to start a, a religi religious mm -hmm. inside a temple, we need to cleanse our body from outside energies with a herbal bath. But this is also a thing we can use in our day-to-day -day life. And you can do this by boiling leaves. You can do this by uh, smashing uh, leaves in your hands. But you know that, I, and I think that's not on the book, but I just remember now, I think I saw about this 10 years ago, I think. There was a, a, a witch in Brazil that used to do those, uh, the, this herbal bath by placing a, a kind of a towel in her shower with the, 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 leaves, the leaves inside this, this towel. So she, she put this towel around the, the, the water, the water. Uh, like your it. neck? Yes. Sorry? You, you put the towel around your neck or your body? No, no, she, this, uh, this way of taking the, the shower, uh, the, the okay. bath, she put those, those uh, leaf bags, in, uh, she, she placed them in the shower around the shower, uh, the, in, in the, the place where the water drops down in the shower. Right. So when she, when she, she runs the, the hot water in the shower, it basically creates a herbal tea that washes her head down, you know? Right, because you get the aroma. Yeah. And you yeah, get the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, so if I, again, going through there, I need... Um, more energy uh what type of bath would you recommend what type of what would you recommend that would be easily accessible to me in the state that will be easily accessible you could use um let me remind the english names of these <laughs> you could use some hot leaves just as uh send uh, wood okay uh, pink pepper and just let me look for the translation. And could you use, because um, I have quite a collection of um, essential oils. Can you use essential oils as you would leave? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you have trustful essential oils, yes. you can, you can uh, exchange the, the, the vegetable leaf for the essential oil. Yeah, that's, not, that's all good. Once, you just have to be sure that the oils you're choosing and you're buying, they are from a good supplier and they're actually <laughs> natural oils. Abs abs absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, and you're good to go. Uh, right, this, this and you have to be very careful to dilute it. You can't put it directly on your skin. You're absolutely right. There's a lot of safety concerns with essential oils. Exactly, and uh, this is something that also makes Orisha's Herbal Witchcraft uh, available worldwide, you know, because if you don't find the original leaf that is uh, marked in their site and you don't find any other equivalent, you can always look for the, the essential oil to, to perform the ritual. Oh, that's, that's a great idea. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> that's a great idea. I know you talk a little bit about, too, something that I've become a really big component in, too, is foot bath. Um, that's something I try to do on a regular um, basis. And for some reason, that uh, it seems to draw toxins out yeah, just yeah, soaking yeah. my feet. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, you know that we in in 
I guess in no in no magic traditions that I know, we have basically two uh, two energy points in our body: the feet and the hands. Uh -huh. So basically, feet is the uh, feet are the uh, incoming energy in our body, incoming uh -huh. point energy in our body, and hands are the uh, outcoming point of energy in our body. But oh, I like that. When it comes to the bath, it's basically the, the other way around. Because when you do, <coughs> sorry, uh, when, you, when it comes to your uh, to feet bath, it's the other way around. Because when you put yourself, your feet inside a, inside a, a, uh, a bath, it really drains out all the bad energy and all toxins. So we have the uh, medicinal, aspect uh -huh. of the bath, of the feet bath, but right. also the magical one. So that's a way of also having a two-in-one ritual. You know, you can choose the, the, the leaves to, to relaxation for uh, medicinal purposes, but you can also add, add one or two kinds of essential oils to drain that, that bad energy to uh, not not only drain, but you can also cleanse yourself. You can neutralize some because when we walk all, all over the city, we are uh, available to all kinds of energies, you know. And mm -hmm. when you put your feet in in the bath and you chant, you sing to enchant, and you say, "Oh, take all those unknown energies and neutralize them," and you can have a magical and uh, beauty moment for relaxation and for meditation, you can actually uh, use different kinds of herbal rituals. You can do the feet, uh, the feet bath. At the same time, you light an incense, for example. And you can make a uh, cleansing ritual in your feet bath and a meditation ritual or a uh, third eye opening ritual by the incense. That's a, an example. That's, I mean, that's a really good idea. Again, I use Epsom salt, and I might use some lavender, but I've really not thought about, um, although I'm someone probably, as you said, like you are, um, aesthetics and how things look are real important to me. So I will dim lights or turn them off, put on candles, have music. Um, ambience is a very um, trigger for me to trance and to get into a different place. So mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. definitely will look into um, doing that and looking at it, adding essential oils intentionally, um, and I'll have to see how that works. Let me know when you do that. Let me know how this, this experience goes, because, uh, I, and again, I, I guess that all kinds of magic traditions I know uh, says and teaches that, of course, the, the ritual per se works. But if you create a whole environment that takes you to a magical state of, of mind, that increases the, the, the power of your ritual. So if you can put a nice song, a uh, background song, if you can light a candle, you can uh, set the, the, the lights down, you could, you could put a, a, a burning incense and put your feet on the, on the, on the herbal uh, feet bath. And then while you're doing all that, you use your hands to perform the ritual. Oh God, you have a 
I guess, most powerful ritual in the world, you know? Uh-huh. You have to create a mindset to perform magic. You can't just repeat, uh, repeat after me, uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, magic is done. No, magic is not miracles. Right. You know, I, I used to say that, uh, can, we use, can we say uh, trademark names here? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in my temple, I used to tell people that magic is not Harry Potter. Yeah. You won't, uh, uh, magic won't happen if you just uh, swing a, a wand and expect things to, to appear in front of you, you know? Right. Magic right. doesn't work like that. You have to create an environment. You have to set your purpose. You, you need to be focused in what you're doing. If you're just repeating steps from a recite, it won't work. Basically, it's not magic, you know? You're just repeating <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And again, for me, the ritual starts the whole ideal of not just when I'm sitting there in the, um, in the, in the bath, soaking my feet with candles. For me, the whole preparation, deciding mm-hmm. what day of the week, you know, what, you know, what herbs I'm going to use, what, all of that, setting the space up, all that is part of the ritual for me. Exactly. And, and, and you're absolutely true. You're absolutely right. Uh, the preparation is not only choosing the, the day, the hour, the, the plans. You are also setting, uh, creating your mindset for the ritual. Right. And that's the key of magic. You need to, you, and that's actually, that's the key of happiness. If we look for every instant of our life as a magical instant and put on this instant, a purpose, a goal, a mindset that will create the reality that I want, magic will happen. And if I see everything around me as a sacred part of the universe, and I see myself as a sacred part of the universe as well, and understand that if we are not connected, we can become connected to empower the goals we're looking for, then everything and every moment of our day-to-day life will become magical. Absolutely. And then you just start living a magical life, and it is exactly. your life. Exactly. Magic, and it's funny, many years ago or, or some time ago, especially when I first started, mm-hmm. magic was something that I did over here, and then there was my life. And you're right, as you learn and grow, it becomes interweaved, and now magic isn't something I do, it's just who I am. Exactly, exactly. As, uh, when I, when I uh, teach my, my guys here, I said, what's the point of doing all kinds of prosperity rituals if you pass uh, all day long swearing uh, and saying bad words? How can prosperity come to your, to your life if you're thinking on, uh, uh, on poverty, if you're speaking badly of other people? If you're... Magic won't work like that. Absolutely. And it's funny. I, I uh, tell Perfect. students the same thing. We live in the mundane world and you can do rituals every night at midnight for a month. But if you don't look for a job, you're not going to get one. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's, that's the thing. Uh, magic is not Harry Potter. You, you, you won't swing a, a, a wand and a gold uh, uh a gold pot will appear in Absolutely. your window. You, know? you have to go. You have to go for 
uh, looking for the job. You have to trust in yourself. Right. You have to be. Uh, you have to do the work. Yeah, you have to do the work. That's the thing. That's yeah. the thing. You know, I got a lot of people that come to me looking for love spells. Yeah. And a lot of them, oh, I want to find out a love. I want to find a love. I want, okay, so let's understand what's happening. Let's look for the, the bigger picture. And do you go outside? Do you go to a bar, to an to a art event? Or where do you want to go? Oh, no, I don't leave my house. Sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's my answer. Sorry, I can't help you. Right. If you don't do the work, love won't, won't knock on your door. Right. You have to be, you have to open yourself and be ready for love. Exactly. I don't think it's like, you should write a book about that because people do not understand love spells. Mm-hmm. It's preparing yourself so that the universe can bring love to you, but you have to be ready. Exactly. And you need to love yourself. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You always always get toxic relationships. And there is no spell that's going to give you a healthy relationship if you're not healthy to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally... uh, But again, especially in the Western tradition, I think people like instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. uh, and again, I have had students who felt like this wasn't their path because it seems like things took too long and I'm like it takes your whole life Uh (laughs) so yeah it's not yeah it's not instant gratification and you know that uh, what's curious is that uh, in the beginning it takes your whole life but when you start leaving a magical life results come in an instant oh absolutely And, and I will say to our listeners as I've told my students uh, I can remember the first time I did something and it worked. It totally terrified me. Uh-huh. Instead of like wanting to do a whole bunch of magic, I was like, okay, let's slow that down. That's crazy. That really works. It was terrifying. Uh-huh. So when you realize when you open yourself up to the universe, you get what you ask for. You have to be careful. You know, Deborah, I was, I was just remembering now, I, I saw the, the, Second, the, the new movie that uh, was released, I, I guess, on Netflix last week in Brazil, but that I really didn't like it. But uh-huh. it, it took me for the first part, the, the, the original movie from mid '90s, The Craft. Uh huh. The Craft. And, yeah, The Craft. The, the, the first, the first one from from mid '90s. Right. And if people really look for, for uh, really understand that movie there are a lot of magical lessons to begin yeah i like the first half of the movie i didn't really yeah. like the ending but i like the first part because you're exactly. absolutely right exactly because th- th- all, all those things that you were uh, you are telling now oh the first the first time i spell work it was terrific but at the same time it was uh terrifying scary, <laughs> terrifying yeah you're terrifying, and that uh, that how how is the word in English? How that moment that you think also oh, if this if this works, I can make everything work. I can have all I was. I, I I can rule the world. I can have all my wishes. But what's the price to be paid? Yeah, for, what's for the price me, to be if you have all your wishes fulfilled. Yeah, for me, and, and again. Yeah, I was a very young woman, and for me, um, 
um, again, it was terrifying. The power for me and my personality came this awesome sense of responsibility mm-hmm. and accountability and that I needed to be careful because playing around might do harm. So that's how I, I didn't really want to rule the world. I wanted to um, cause no harm. I have to say I was like, oh, goodness. So anyway. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. My first spell was, uh, my first spells in plural were basically, oh, harassment in school, please let, leave me alone. Basically, it was the bullying bull, bull in, right. in, in, in mid school, please leave me alone. And it actually kind of worked. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it absolutely, it absolutely, um, it absolutely does. So, uh, and like I said, you end up le- leaving, living a, 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 a magical life, and then you can't imagine any other exactly. life but that. Exactly. And uh, and when you start living this, this magic life, you understand that everything around us is magic, or at Absolutely. least it's potential magic that needs Absolutely. to be either awakened or put to sleep. You know? Right. And and I've also realized how interconnected we are to each other and to everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, something uh, in, in the sacred leaves. There is a, a very philosophical part where I quote uh, Marcel Moss, for example, and the, the, the gift concept, where uh, it becomes a, uh, yeah, how is this, the word in English? A, re, a, 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 a cycling reinforce, re-empowerment event. Right. And you give, then you get that. You give, you receive, and you, and you think back. And when you think back, you are giving so uh, but what you're choosing to give and receive, you know? What kind of life you're looking for? A magical life or a cursing life? Right, right. Real quickly as we end, there's something else I wanted to ask you about because I was curious. Um, I use, um, mostly, I, I, I've worked with incense and that's mostly what I burn in candles. But you also have a, a part in your chapter about fumigation and you burn herbs. Yeah, dried herbs. That is, and that's not something that I know, think that I've done a lot of or that we do a lot over here. Talk a little bit about that. That's a very, very uh, African uh, magic way of, do, okay. of doing, uh, the, that's a very traditional, uh, Orisha's traditional way of doing uh, herbal magic is burning dried herbs. Okay. So the, the biggest difference of taking a bath of, or, or doing a fumigation, for example, when we're, when we're talking about fumigation, we're not looking for the, the aroma. We're not, look, we're not uh, looking for the, the scent. Right. It, 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 it doesn't need to, uh, to, to, to scent well. To, 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 is that smell right well. Name? Smell well. Thank you. Uh, it doesn't need to smell well. You just need to burn and uh, burn the rice leaves, the, the right ingredients. Because the idea is that when you take a bath, you of course, you'll get right, you'll get wet. So you can take a bath in your own body, or you can do a herbal bath for uh, washing objects or uh, cleansing your house floor. Right. But there are some things, people's uh, places and objects that can't be wet, that can, can get wet. So Correct. The, the idea of fumigations is that the smoke 
with different, different leaves will expand and achieve all places, all, all, all parts of that, that environment, you know? So when we start a ritual, in, uh, either in black magic traditions or in Orisha traditions, we always do this fumigation, so we have this smoke all over the temple. And the idea is that that smoke will, will perform the magic. When we start the rituals, we always do a energy cleansing uh, burning for the smoke to expand and get where the, 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 where the bath can go or can uh, achieve. Is my, is my English right now? I guess. That is so... So what, in closing, what's next for you? What, you're working on a, another book? Yeah, um, actually, I just have a new book in English. It arrived me two days ago. It was published by Inner Tradition, and I love Sacred Leaves. It changed my life, but I must be honest that this new book uh, called Afro-Brazilian Numerology is the best book I wrote until now. Because, it, yeah, it's a, 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 a whole numerology, Afro, African numerology course. The first half of the book is how you do the math and uh, understand and, uh, and explain all the, uh, the, 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 the meanings of the, the, the Afro-Brazilian numerology. But the second part of the book is a personal transformation tool. It's how you look inside yourself, how you create is a, a real life examples and ways to do ways to create a magical life so if i if i need to teach someone how to create a magical life i would say get sacred leaf book read the, the middle of the book when we're talking about spiritual body physical body and mental body and how that invisible glue binds the three bodies together that's how the stages hundreds of words in sacred leaf, this book, but also get the Afro-Brazilian numerology book and read the second half of it. Because you will find tools to take the best from the worst things that, that happens to, to you, you know? And that's a very powerful message in that book that says everything that happens in your life is of your own responsibility. Because if you can't control what, ha what people do to you, you can't control outside uh, situations that happen in your life, you can at least control the way you will deal with it and the way you will feel and deal with your feelings about it, you know? And all that numerology technique uh, teaches you how to identify the energies that uh, rule your birth. So uh, just like a uh, birth chart, we have the Orisha's birth chart as well. We teach that in the book, and all readers that buy the book get their free and full, full translated Orisha's birth chart as a, as a gift from myself. And, but the book will actually guide you to see that the same energy that rules your financial uh, house in, in the map, for example, it can be good and bad at the same time. So what kind what, what part of this energy, what kind of the part of this guiding, uh, ruling energy in your birth chart will you empower and which part of that same energy you will try to uh, neutralize in your personality 
and we're not talking about magic now, we're talking about self-knowledge, you know? Uh, how, how will you face your right. inner shadow and how will you deal with your inner, inner shadow in your day-to-day -day life? So it just got released in the U.S. It's called Afro-Brazilian Afro Numerology. People can find this in Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and all best bookshops all over America. And yes, I'm working in a new book, but it's not, not, uh, not yet sold to U.S., so I don't know when it's going to be published in the U.S. All right. Well, I'm going to have to get your new book, and you're just going to have to come back and see us next year. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a match. You can count on me for that. Oh, my uh, gosh. You know, well, that one thing that I'm very uh, focused now, uh -huh. inspired in this area, talking about the, the America's market, the U.S. market, right. uh, and, and inspired in the Sacred Leaves book, I've released, uh, last year I released a, a, a incense brand in Brazil called the uh, Sacred Leaves Incenses. They are made of pure masala and essential oils with uh, Bach florals, and it's already uh, sold all over Brazil. It can be purchased uh, everywhere in the world and be sent by mail, but we are doing the job to get, the, to get this to America, to be in uh, magic shops all over the, the U.S., do you have a website that you can give our listeners to go to? Yeah, people can go to www.diegodeoshossi.com.br. So Diego de Oshossi is O-X-O-S-S-I.com.br. If you have any doubts on how to, to write the Diego de Oshossi, just look on, on the internet for Sacred Leaves Book Author. You get my name and it's my full name, diegodeoshossi.com.br, or in Instagram, at diegodeoshossi. People can always find me there. And in my website, they can purchase the books in Portuguese. I believe for, by the end of the next month, all books in English will be available for selling worldwide, for uh, shipping worldwide. And they can also find this uh, aromatherapy and incenses line, products line, that are released, the Sacred Leaves Incenses. They can ship all over the world, too. But my most devoted uh, work now is to get the incenses in the U.S. Hopefully, by the end of the year, people will find these uh, sacred leaves incenses in magical shops in America. All right. Well, I can't believe I told you this hour would fly by. You're so interesting. I enjoyed talking to you so much. Thank you so much for all your patience and taking the time to be with here at on Circle Talk. Thank you again, Deborah. It was an honor being with you. And I'm really excited for our next meeting about Afro-Brazilian numerology. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And besides Diego, I'd like to thank Dave and Jeanette, our sound engineers, for their technical expertise. And finally, I'd like to thank all of you out there, our listeners, for your continued support of all of our shows here on Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, or CSNP. Tuesday, September 20th on Circle Talk, as we take a journey of compassion, authenticity, and spiritual connectedness, as, as author Durgis Durrell discusses his new book, Worthy As You Are. With techniques such as affirmations, meditations, journaling, we're going to learn how to change our everyday thoughts from negative to nourishing to embrace our authentic selves. I look forward to being with you all again, so please come back. Good night, everyone, and blessed be. One spirit in the dark, like a candle wavers, 
spirits joined as one, burn with the power of the blazing sun.
such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.